and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for them. Today's episode is the third in our series called This Is Us, with the conversation being led by lead pastor Yukon Chu. We have been going through a series now. This is week three of the new year, believe it or not. I, know, I realize for some of us, this seems like, oh my goodness, it's like week 30 of the new year. So much has happened. Some of you are like, this is, is this still the new year? You know, you know, you're just getting started. Um, but we're in week three, actually, of the new year, and we've been in a conversation called This Is Us. Now, we've chosen that title, not necessarily because it's a great TV show, uh, for those of you who are tracking with the TV show, but we've chosen that uh, title because we are engaging with a particular scripture of Jesus that really is about all of our lives. I mean, it really has a lot of relevance to do with everything I think we face, specifically when we are trying to get a new year started and you know, trying to get those new goals out there, new kind of initiatives, new hopes and dreams. And so uh, we've been talking about a number of themes related to this particular scripture. Uh, we're going to get into some of the details of what the scripture is. But, but to get us started here this morning, I want to just bring up a question that I think many of us ask as a new year gets started. And many of us honestly need to figure this out if we're going to have a good new year, right? Just to be honest. Here's a question for us to get started with this morning. Um, what do you find most difficult about changing your life for the better? I know many of us, as we get started with the new year, we want to make some changes. Uh, many of us will run into walls, will run into difficulties. Perhaps some of you already have. I know I have. And so how, how does this actually happen? What, what might we need to engage in to really experience change? That's our topic for today, but we're going to get started with this question up here. Why don't you turn to your neighbors, and uh, for the next two minutes, share really quickly, reflect on this issue of change for the better. Two minutes, talk it over. We'll bring it together afterwards. All right, so I'm curious, uh, what are we thinking this morning? What, what do we find most difficult about changing our life for the better? What are you guys talking through? Uh, para mí, pienso que lo, lo más difícil es el orgullo El ego de la persona y el miedo a la reacción de los demás. She says that for her, the hardest part is uh, pride, um, ego, and then the fear of what the other person's reaction may be. Wow, that's good, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Good. Thank you, Luz. Thank you. Yeah, what else? What else? Back there. All right, man, you guys are making me work today. Like, oh my goodness. Okay, all right. Um, for me, it's energy. Uh, change isn't easy. If it were, we would all do it all the time. Um, and it requires a lot of energy. And right now, I'm just putting all my energy in trying to get through my PhD. Yeah. So trying to reserve some of it for the change that needs to happen, whether it's personal or political, that's just really hard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, true confession. How many of you 
this year need to stop drinking energy drinks. Anybody make those kind of resolutions? Speaking of energy, I see some hands. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. How many of you drink any? How many of us drink energy drinks here? Okay. Does coffee count? Yeah, coffee counts. Coffee. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's raising their hands. Okay. All right. What else? Uh, what else about change? How, what do you find difficult? Yeah. Let's come over here. Well, in my uh, life net right now, I'm trying to change, getting rid of all the old stuff, like the old mess from years and years ago, and um, letting God do his work. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, okay. What else? Anybody else? Yeah, I was, thinking, I was waiting for the youth table. What's up, youth? Hey, high schools represent. Let's go, let's go. Uh, I think for me personally, it's most finding the motivation to change your life for the better. I feel like there are moments that, uh, at least for me, where like, uh, you know, I sit down and I think, oh, I could do this for the better. But then all these negative thoughts kind of come in and they're like, you know, what's the point of doing this for the better? How is that going to change you? Is it really worth it? Should you really take that first step? Because uh, I think the first step uh, is like, it's easy to like, you know, you could go ahead and do it. It's just that a part of you doesn't want to. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And over here. All right. Right on. Right on. Sometimes change is really uncomfortable, and I like being comfortable way too much. <laughs> How many of us feel that way? Like, we love being comfortable and change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. All right. Anybody else? One more, one more person. I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of you have something to say here. Okay. Over here. Last one. Last one. Um, I, interestingly enough, like change, but the issue that I find is like calculating all the things that need to happen for things to change. I don't like doing that work. Yeah. It's just too much sometimes, and that's what's overwhelming rather than the change itself, yeah. because usually I can see that the change is for the better, yeah. so I'm like okay with the change, but it's just the work that needs to go in. Yeah. That is just a lot yeah. that I, I, feel, I find it to be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, especially if, like, let's, let's pretend you're, you're at a job you don't like and you know you want, need to change jobs and you want to change jobs, but then all the work to put in to get a new job or research to find the right job. Oh, my goodness. You're right. That's absolutely a lot of work. Why don't we give a hand for everyone who shared? Thank you. Yeah, this is good. You know, today uh, we're talking about changes, and we're going to be looking at a story uh, from the scriptures of Jesus that have a lot to say about change. Uh, if you've been tracking with us so far, you know this story is really all about change, change for the better. Um, we're going to get into some of the details, but, but here, here's the overall like, theme. This is what we're going to be uh, thinking about today, and we're going to put it up here on the screen. We're going to be talking about really how change, and I'm going to describe it as realigning our lives. Specifically, realigning our lives with God, we're going to talk about how this kind of change is actually a gift. It's something we, we can't achieve on our own. It's actually something that comes as a gift, but it involves some upheaval. It involves some deep inner revolutions in order to really happen. But here's the deal. We are going to discover that God, of course, is there to carry us along. We're going to reflect on this, we're going to think through this as we read through the story, and then what we're going to do at the end is actually something I hope really practical. We're going to look at 
four specific engagements you and I can engage in, and we're actually going to, I'm going to kind of give it away now, we're going to actually write out a prayer, okay? This is, this is where we're headed today, a prayer for change. You and I are going to write it. If you look at your sheets, uh, you already kind of have the answers, so to speak, uh, on the front and back. You'll notice there are two sides today. We're going to come to a place where my hope is that you and I can actually connect with God deeply about the change that He is actually wanting to give us as a gift for our lives, okay? So, let's get going then with this conversation. Now, if you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that we're in the story of Jonah, the story of Jonah, a man who lived hundreds of years ago prior to Jesus coming on this earth. And the last few weeks, we've been learning a lot about God and his relationship with Jonah. Specifically, number one, we discovered that God actually has a wonderful purpose and vision for our lives, and specifically this life of Jonah, which really is our lives. And so God has this amazing life and purpose and vision for us. But then last week, we started talking about how we run away from that vision. We run away from that life. We run away from that purpose that God has for us. And we do it for all kinds of reasons, right? We do it because we just don't want to have to deal with the, the changes that might need to happen. We don't want to deal with the work that's involved. We're f- afraid of what might happen. We might, we're afraid of what other people will think. We're afraid of what we'll think. And so we, we got in this story, and, and we realized that, oh my goodness, all of us are like Jonah. All of us know there's something bigger and better for us, and many of us are afraid. We run away from that. Well, the story continues And the story begins to reveal to us that actually Jonah actually changes, and it actually invites us into the change that we'll be talking about, but something really interesting happens with the story, and and this is maybe the first way we can begin to reflect on how change actually happens. We realize in the story that change begins when things begin to get worse, not better. Right? If you um, check out the story here and, and just kind of some excerpts from last week, you'll realize that when Jonah began to run away from God and his life and purpose, this is what happened. We'll just kind of read through just excerpts from last week's story. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. We talked about how in the ancient world that was like on the other side of the world. It's actually a city in modern day Spain. Uh, this is actually happening, the st- our story is happening in like the, the Palestinian, Israeli, Turkey region. And so he, he runs away to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port to flee the Lord. So Jonah is running, he's getting away, but notice what happens next. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose, ar- Violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. And so we read that Jonah is trying to run for some, from something good, but God actually is right around him, and God is causing things to go worse. Now, 
we should hit pause for a moment here and, and think through this because we want to be careful to not assume certain things that aren't actually being described and aren't actually true. You know, there's sometimes bad things happen to us for no apparent reason. We're not sure why it happens. I mean, we've been doing the right thing all along, but it just happens. Something bad happens, and it's not like we did anything bad. For example, um, if you're doing well at your work, but because the company stockholders or the supervisors above are losing money, they need to make you know, cuts to, the, to people's jobs, and you get cut, even though you've been doing a great job, you, that's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. It's something, sometimes, many times, things just happen, and we don't, we don't know why. It's really hard to understand. On the other hand, there are those moments when bad things are happening to us, things are getting worse, and it's because we're doing something we probably shouldn't do. We're running from something. We're running from God. We've made some mistakes, not unintentionally, but intentionally. Sometimes things get worse because God is actually trying to get a hold of us. He's trying to wake us up. He's trying to get us thinking about something that maybe we we didn't realize. Uh, Some of you heard me share last week that I actually encountered God through the story of Jonah. Uh, When I was 14 years old, I was in a situation where I was sitting where you're sitting and somebody was up front talking about God and Jonah. And it was actually this point that struck me and woke me up to my need for God. Up until that point in life, 14 years old, I was a really angry kid. Our family, I was not doing well in a number of ways because of conflict in the family, because of cultural differences. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was getting involved in things I shouldn't have got involved in. I was a sex addict. I had friends that we literally, this was bad. We would like figure out ways to vandalize property. Actually, some of us knew how to make homemade bombs, and we were planning to put some off. I mean, we were bad kids. We, we, I, I thank God that I'm not in prison right now, honestly, because we were on the wrong track in life. The crazy thing was, somehow I got into a situation like this, where somebody was talking about God, and even crazier was this all, the sudden realization that, man, my life was actually pretty terrible. Like, bad things were happening to me, but I didn't care on one hand. Yet there was something in me that said, you know what? Actually, no, I don't want that to happen. Why, why, why would I want that to happen? Why would I want to feel empty every, after every time I do something sexual and just go through that addiction cycle? Why would I want things to go bad when I'm so angry and, have, you know, I, I do things to hurt others and Like, why would I want that kind of life? This is terrible. This is really bad. And I was reaping those consequences. Things were getting worse in my life. They really were. Sometimes things are bad because we don't know why. But other times they're bad because we're doing something we shouldn't do. And God, out of love, is trying to wake us up. Say, hey, stop running. 
Stop doing that. Do you realize there's something so much better? And so we read last week that Jonah is running. He's going. He's not doing well. And what happens is that the storm comes. They figure out that Jonah is running away from God. So they all agree, you know what, Jonah, we need to do something with you. You're the reason that this storm is happening. And so Jonah says, you know what you want to do? Just throw me overboard. Get, get rid of me because I'm your, I am the cause of your problems. Get rid of me. I think Jonah does it partially out of love because he doesn't want them to go through it, but probably because he just wants to end it now, right? Just like, I'm tired. I know I'm doing the wrong thing. Let's just, let's just cut it off. Kill me now. You ever been there? Are you perhaps there right now? And so what happens, though, is that God, in a strange way, out of love, makes Jonah supper to a fish. We read, and you can take a look at your excerpts now. We read, on the top here, your excerpt, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, if you're of a scientific mind, a bunch of questions probably come up right now. Like, what the heck is going on now? What is, what's happening? Like, how is this even possible? We've included a, uh, an article on the bottom. If you look at your extra study notes, if you're interested in some of the scientific and historical conversations about if this is actually possible, you can look it up and, and think through it. Uh, other people will say, maybe this is just a metaphor? You know, however you want to think about it, look through it. But what we're told is that a fish comes and swallows up Jonah. He swallowed up for three days and three nights. Why three days and three nights? Uh, scholars think that back in that world at that time, you would pass through to Hades or to the afterlife. It would take at least three days to get there. So this idea of three days, three nights in that culture, in that world, is like he has gone from life to death. He for sure has gone. He has experienced. He's, he's where, however death happens, we know he's there. But then we read that somehow Jonah is alive, and Jonah says a prayer. This is what the rest of the excerpt is about. And what I want to do here right now is read through this prayer and reflect on this prayer, because I think in this prayer, we actually begin to see the key components of what it takes to actually experience change for the better change for God's best for us. The prayer will sound a little bit strange. We'll read through it and you'll be like, okay, what does this actually mean? We'll read through it. I'll take a moment to isolate four of the principles, kind of put it in everyday terms, and then we're going to get into that 
prayer exercise that I mentioned. And so let's read this, read through this first, and we'll get there. So Jonah gets swallowed three days, three nights, and on that first paragraph up top, it continues. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord after three days and three nights. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sights, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Now check this out. He hasn't come out of the fish yet. He's literally in the belly of the fish saying this. Well, what happens next? The Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. It's a fascinating prayer. Obviously, very heartfelt, very profound. What's, what's happening here that we can take away and learn for ourselves in terms of how change actually happens and how we can align ourselves or realign ourselves with God? Four things I want to note. The first is this up here. We need to recognize, number one, that God is behind the situations that we're in. Specifically, there's those situations where things aren't going well and God is actually trying to wake us up and get us aligned, realigned with Him. Now, let's think about this really quick in the story of Jonah. Jonah, as you can see, he has this awareness that, wow, God is actually trying to get a hold of him, right? He, he not only prays to God, but he actually, in his prayer, is very clear that, wow, God, you are doing this to me. You have brought me here. You made this happen. You're behind it all. I think we need to let that sink in because sometimes I think, many times actually, when bad things are happening, sure, we may think about God, some of us, but He's more like an afterthought, right? Because many times what's right in front of us is what we think the cause of the problem. Well, Maybe it's because, you know, I, I, I forgot to do this, and so this is happening. Or maybe because I didn't line that up right, I forgot to pay this bill, and, and this is happening. And those are all true. Yes. But sometimes God is behind it. 
And sometimes we need to make sure we, we, we open, our, our, open up ourselves to that and, and look to God, especially when we know. When we know, you know, we, we've been kind of brushing God aside. We've been running away with Him. We need to recognize that God is actually behind us. Now, the second thing, though, as you notice is, is that, let's go to the next screen. That Jonah recognizes God's behind it, but then he, then he does this. He recognizes that, you know what, he's actually made a mistake. He owns it, and not only does he own his mistake, he owns God's treatment of the mistake, meaning God's justice in the matter. You know, as I think about my life um, prior to knowing Jesus, I was really angry as a kid and this one, I mean, I did, I did, I said things I shouldn't have, you know, I, man, I did things, so many things I, actually, after I came back to Jesus, one of the first things I did that Jesus told me to do was like, you need to right now ask for forgiveness from your parents. You need to confess your sins to them, all the things you stole from them, all the ways you badmouthed them, you know, just confess it, get your life right with them, and go on. And I was like, oh my goodness. But I think about all the things I did to my parents, for example. And the crazy thing was, there was a time in my life where I wouldn't have owned that. I would have said, you know what? They deserve it. You know what? It's not my fault. Look at this situation. Or maybe I would have owned it, but I'd be, I'd be like, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are, you, why are you still being so mean to me? I mean, I'm trying to change, God. Why, why are you still letting this happen to me? You don't get any of that from Jonah in this prayer, do you? He owns it, and there are no excuses. There are no, like, whining or complaining, like, God, yeah, I messed up, but, God, I did this, but. There's this, there's this humility that Jonah has. He's like, you know what, God? Wow. You are right in treating me, treating me this way. You're right. I mean, I ran from you, I, I gave you the middle finger and said thanks but no thanks, and I turned the other way, you are right, God, in how you're treating me. There's that sense, right, that Jonah, Jonah owns his mistake and owns God's justice. But then you notice something here that's really fascinating, and this is point number three. Jonah, in this prayer, is still able somehow to hope in God's redemptive love. You know, sometimes when we get in that state when we're owning our mistakes and we're owning God's justice, we can get very depressive. We can get self-hating. We can be like, man, screw it. Just, you know, just throw me overboard like Jonah in the first section. Change doesn't happen that way, Right? Endings happen that way, literally, right? Change doesn't happen. But Jonah here is about to change. And notice, somehow in this prayer, he's able to say this at the end of the first long paragraph of the prayer, but you, Lord my God, you brought me up from this pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. My prayer rose to your temple. And then he says this, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. He recognizes that, my goodness, God is in the business of love, and God is actually somehow still loving me right now 
and I'm able to turn to Him and hope in Him. I wonder if some of us here today need to realize that even though right now things are going bad in your life, and even though you know it's because you're running away from God, God right now actually still loves you. Even right now, God is saying, I'm here. I'm looking forward to you turning again. I'm excited for you and the potential because my love is still with you right now. So somehow Jonah is able to hope in that. And I believe if we're really going to experience change, we're not going to change because we think God is a taskmaster and He's upset at us. We're not going to change because of that. But we're going to change because we're overwhelmed by love. We're overwhelmed by love. And you've seen this in your relationships before, right? You've seen it perhaps with your parents, regardless of how old you are and how old your parents are. I think all of us... It's part of adolescence. We grow up and we have a moment where we're upset at our parents. They're trying to get us to do something right. We're like, no thanks. But there's a moment, and this typically happens when we become quote-unquote adults, where we realize, wow, my parents actually do love me. Not all of us have this experience, of course. But for those of us who have, you just realize at that time, wow, I, I actually want to do what they've been telling me because I know they love me. We, we change because of love, right? Last but not least, as Jonah goes through this, we realize that Jonah surrenders ultimately to God's change. Notice at the end, we see this after he gets spit out. Notice he, he doesn't change he doesn't change after God spits him out of the fish, right? Did you notice that? That's really important to catch. His attitude doesn't change when he finally gets out of the belly. The change is all actually happening within, in that moment. And that, that's, something, that's something important to know because here's the deal. I think even beyond these four principles or these four engagements that we need to process, What's actually behind this, how we actually change, isn't by trying harder. It's by literally dying first before change happens. I mean, we see this in the story of Jonah, right? Like, he literally dies. He's dead, technically. He's supposed to be, at least. And it's through that death, death of ego, death of control, death of doing things his own way, it's through that death he actually changes for the better. And it's interesting that the story of Jesus, the scriptures of Jesus, that ultimately is like the main narrative through every part of the story. And we see this, right, ultimately in Jesus himself. How does life come into our world? How does the power of all that is wrong in our world get broken? And life comes in. It's only when Jesus dies himself in our place, on our behalf, that life comes in to the world. 
And so we see this. We see this about Jonah. Yeah, he finally surrenders to God's change. But what does that really mean? It means he dies. He dies. He dies to, to himself. And then he begins to change. What kind of change are you hoping for this year? In your own heart of hearts, in your mind, what, what, are, you, what are you sitting there wishing, man, if only this could change? If only this could change about myself, if this is, only this could change about this relationship, what are you hoping for? I want you to take a moment, and uh, we're going to flip over now this, this piece of paper. And what I've done here this morning is I've basically kind of put out the four things to engage in for change, four engagements for change. And what I've tried to do is give us space to think through how we might need to realign ourselves with God by reflecting on and engaging in that principle. I thought we could do this by writing out a prayer for ourselves, given that, you know, the bulk of our scripture excerpt today is a prayer. So perhaps we could write a prayer out. How might you need to change? How are you longing to experience change this morning? Can I invite you in this moment to take some time, to take a pause and begin to jot down a prayer for yourself. I'm going to ask Lydia, actually, to just kind of give us some background music to reflect on this, to do that. You can do it on your own. You can do it if you're sitting next to somebody you trust and you want to process this with. Feel free to do that as well. Get permission first before you just jump in. You know, maybe they want some private time and you want to talk it over. You know, just make sure you figure it out together. We'll give you about two, three minutes to begin to process this together. And then we'll have a final discussion before we wrap it up, right? This obviously um, is something to continue to process. Uh, it took Jonah three days, three nights to pray this prayer. And so if God is at work right now bringing, around, bringing about change in our lives, I realize, you know, three minutes uh, may not be enough, and that's totally understandable. Uh, but I'm curious, as you reflect on this, does anyone have anything they'd like to reflect on together with a larger group here about something today's conversation has gotten you thinking about, how God is inviting you into change and realignment uh, in your life? Anybody want to share? I know it's really, it's pretty personal, I realize that. So, yeah, over here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. So I would like to share that um, if anyone's struggling through their darkest times, whether it be like alone in a room, whether it be just trying to isolate yourselves from other people, just remember that in your darkest times, as Pastor said, God loves you. 
okay? No matter what you're going to do, make sure that before you make that decision, think within yourself, what is the con consequence? How will I grow from the two choices that I have or maybe several choices? And then just don't, don't make an excuse for yourself. Just show humility to make the right step. It might be hard, but pray through it because in all your trials, whether God gave you this type of personality to put yourself in that difficult situation, you're able to grow from it. You're able to satisfy that lackluster choice. That's the opposite of what God has in plan for you because he thinks the best of you. He loves you. He loves you. Just remember that. Thank you. Thanks, Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want to just share some things you're reflecting on and thinking through? Yeah, back there. Let me get back there. Um, so reading this story kind of like made me realize how much it related to my actual life. Uh, two weeks ago, I tried to run away and I tried to throw myself overboard. And I think that um, it really came to a point where I was trying to run away from everything and I didn't want to face anything. But I feel like if there's a reason I'm still here, it's because God has plans for me and he really wants me to change. And if I am going through these hardships, it's not because, you know, because if it's, it's because of me or because, you know, I just don't want to deal with myself anymore. It's mostly because God wants me to grow and he wants me to take responsibility for my life. He doesn't want me to give up anymore. He doesn't want me to start things and then leave them behind and never really fulfill dreams that I have, fulfill the goals that I wanted to fulfill. And I feel as if this entire uh, discussion really, uh, it really uh, touched me and it really, you know, hit me <laughs> right in the soul uh, because I really feel like um, it's time for me to change and really take responsibility of what I want to do. I want to help so many people, but I think that I need to start with really helping myself and taking a look of, uh, taking a look as to who I am and take time to discover who I really am, not just who I want people to think I am. So. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I was thinking about how young I am and how have I even experienced some of life's greatest challenges yet as I was writing this down. Then I thought about how there are some reoccurring themes even in my life now and perhaps lessons that God is trying to teach me so that in the future, as those situations arise, I'll be equipped to handle them better. That's good. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah, yeah, let's give her a hand. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing, y'all. And I think you bring up a, a theme that, a, a point that we, we want to reflect on just a little bit more, and it'll actually be a good segue for, tom uh, for next Sunday. You know, so it's one thing to hear this when you're young and, and hear this when perhaps some of, you know, you have the ability to make some significant life choices that will turn the ship the other way, so to speak. I shared with you my story of being at, being 14 and definitely heading heading down the wrong road in life. And this literally God saved me uh, through the story of Jonah. Um, 
But what happens after that? And what happens if we feel like we've prayed a prayer and we've made some choices to change? What happens when two weeks later, two days later, two hours later, you know, you find yourself like maybe doing the thing you just told yourself you wouldn't do or committing to God that you wouldn't do? Like what happens when life keeps going? What happens when you're out of your teens and into your 20s, into your 30s, into your 40s, into your 50s, into your 60s? I think we have representations of every decade that I've just mentioned in this room. What happens? What happens? You know, it's interesting, and this is a good segue for next week. Next week, the title of our talk will be Three Steps Forward, Two Steps Back, because we're going to see Jonah fall back into some things he had said he didn't want to do. We're going to see him frustrated. We're going to see him wrestling with the change God is actually bringing, but he's not quite used to the change. And so he's going to go back and do some things that were part of his old way. Why do we need to bring that up today? We need to bring it up because today, some of you are making commitments to God. Some of you are praying prayers that are actually good, that are actually noble, that are actually right. You and I, we need to pray the prayers that we're writing down. But here's the deal. We don't want to get discouraged if two hours from now we fall back. The good thing is the story of Jonah and the story of God can handle that. There's a way that God will work with us, even as we struggle to move forward. Can you join me in a word of prayer as we wrap things up this morning and continue on this journey? This is us. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment to reflect in the midst of our lives. Uh, for some of us, the story, like Jenny was saying, is really relevant. We are going through a storm in life. I mean, there's some storms that we just don't know why, but there are others we know why, because we've been running. And for some of us, that's us right now, today. Thank you that in the midst of that, you have never acted without love. Thank you in the midst of your justice, in the midst of your, your letting the world have real consequences, that you have never stopped loving us. Thank you that we know that for sure because you came and you actually died on a cross and rose from the grave to, to finally, you know, without, beyond a shadow of a doubt, show us that you're committed in love. With the prayers that we're praying today, with these areas in our life that we're giving up to you, would you meet us, Jesus, please? Would you carry us through? Would you show us how you're real and alive? Would you turn to us again and lift us out of the pit as Jonah prayed? We thank you for this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. 
For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com. <laughs>